everyone. This is Tom Fox, and I'd like to welcome you to a special five-part series on monitoring in healthcare, adding value to your ethics and compliance program through the use of an independent integrity monitor. This special five-part series is sponsored by Affiliated Monitors. Founded in 2004, Affiliated Monitors provides professional, independent, integrity monitoring, and ethics and compliance assessments nationally and internationally across almost all industries. With its knowledge of effective ethics and compliance programs and culture, Affiliated Monitors is respected for its work as the corporate monitor on matters ranging from multinational corporations to small and mid-sized companies and even individuals. Having served in over 700 monitorships, no one has more experience as an independent monitor than the team at Affiliated Monitors. For more information on how a independent monitor can help improve your company's ethics and compliance program, visit our sponsor, Affiliated Monitors, at their website, www.affiliatedmonitors.com. On this exploration, I am joined by two persons from Affiliated Monitors, Jesse Kaplan, he's the Managing Director of Corporate Oversight, and Catherine Keyes, she's the Vice President of Operations. This five-part series will include, in Episode 1, an introduction to the use and value of an independent integrity monitor in the healthcare sector. In Episode 2, how proactive assessments of healthcare ethics and compliance programs and cultures work. In Episode 3, independent integrity monitoring for healthcare professionals in licensing and disciplinary procedures. In Episode 4, we'll take a look at independent integrity monitoring of conditions required of healthcare organizations or systems in non-disciplinary administrative proceedings. And we'll conclude in Episode 5 with using independent integrity assessments and monitoring to limit the adverse consequences of compliance violations. Whether you're in the healthcare industry or in another industry, this will be a fascinating exploration on how you can utilize the independent integrity monitoring concept in a wide variety of ways. I know you will find it interesting. I know you will find it useful. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and I'm back for episode two in my five-part exploration of healthcare uh, independent integrity monitors in the healthcare space. I'm joined by Jesse Kaplan. Jesse is the managing director of corporate oversight at Affiliated Monitors. Today, we're going to take up proactive assessments of healthcare ethics and compliance programs. And Jesse, this is really one of my favorite topics. And the more I learn about uh, affiliated monitors and yourself, uh, the more I see the proactive part of a monitorship or, or the role of affiliated monitors. So let me just ask you, what do you see as the value in engaging an independent integrity monitor and, and emphasis on each one of those words, independent integrity monitor, to conduct a proactive assessment of a healthcare organization's ethics compliance program and its culture? Yeah, that's a, a great question, Tom. So, you know, in the healthcare field, uh, just about any healthcare organization of any size is going to have a compliance program. Uh, and that compliance program is going to include policies and procedures. It'll include training. It include the outline or at least the structure of the seven elements of an effective compliance program. But not every healthcare organization has a, really has a good handle on how effective their compliance program is and whether the culture of the organization is such that compliance risks are going to be uh, identified in a timely man uh, manner, are going to be mitigated and remediated. Uh, an independent integrity compliance expert 
can come in and do a proactive assessment of the healthcare organization's compliance program and, ethic, and frankly, ethics culture uh, uh, to uh, be able to provide that organization with basically a fresh set of eyes uh, to give them a better handle on whether that program is truly effective or not. Uh, it can identify uh, gaps or weaknesses in the compliance program, make recommendations. Uh, uh, by doing so, if and when the healthcare organization has a problem, for instance, a compliance problem that where the government gets involved, having done this independent proactive assessment can help the organization demonstrate uh, to government regulators that uh, that the seriousness and effectiveness of their of the organization's compliance program, and maybe more most important of all is that by bringing in an independent uh, third party uh, compliance expert or expert firm to conduct this assessment, uh, it sends a message, a very strong message to the organization's workforce uh, that the organization takes compliance uh, very seriously uh, and expects the workforce to take it seriously as well. So uh, how do you see a proactive assessment of an organization's ethics and compliance program actually be conducted? Okay. So uh, typically uh, what uh, an independent expert is going to do and what we would do uh, is at first we would review, uh, for instance, the applicable policies and procedures, the training materials uh, of the organization, whether the organization has a hotline. Uh, but that only gets you so far. Uh, that doesn't really uh, get you uh, a good sense of what the actual, uh, how effective the program is or the ethical culture of the, uh, of the organization. Uh, so in order to assess the actual effectiveness of the program, we're going to do a deeper dive. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to try to determine, for instance, whether the compliance policies, procedures, and programs are being effectively implemented, uh, whether staff are familiar with and truly understand their compliance obligations, uh, and whether the workforce feels that they can communicate compliance and ethical concerns or questions without fear of adverse consequences. So how are we going to do that? So we're also going to conduct interviews of staff at different levels throughout the organization. Uh, we're going to conduct focus groups. We're going to ask questions about the compliance program and the culture of the organization. Uh, we're going to visit offices, and if you've got remote sites, we will likely visit uh, one or more of those remote sites. Uh, and, uh, and we're going to analyze uh, data and information. Uh, so, for instance, we're, we may test, for instance, test that hotline and how, when complaints come in, how they're actually handled. Uh, and when we do it, when we, for instance, we do the interviews, when we uh, do focus groups, uh, we're going to get information from individuals and hopefully candid information, uh, information that we can get as an independent third party uh, that uh, doing an internal investigation using the compliance officer may not be able to get uh, as, as candid responses. We're not going to attribute the information we get to individuals. So again, so that helps send a message that uh, we, that uh, uh, the workforce, uh, we expect the workforce to be candid in providing us with information and there's not going to be any adverse consequences uh, from providing the information or answering our questions uh, in some cases where the answers may not be something that they think management uh, would want to hear. 
Jesse, you've given us a great detailed explanation of the how, but what I'd really like to ask you is the why, and specifically around corporate culture. In the FCPA world, for instance, and in the greater kind of commercial uh, uh, corporate corporation world, we've seen the number two at the Department of Justice talk about the importance of corporate culture. We've seen the head of the Securities and Exchange Commission talk about the need for corporate culture. And I've now heard you talk about the need for corporate culture or the culture of ethics in a hospital. Could you give a few thoughts on why that's so important in the healthcare space? Yes. Uh, so, you know, healthcare is different. Healthcare, everyone in the healthcare space uh, is there in large part to actually uh, make this country a better place in terms of how we provide care to individuals. Uh, everyone's trying to, to provide higher quality care more efficiently. Different people have different theories on how to best to do that, uh, and different people have different roles in doing that. But at the end of the day, uh, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to improve our healthcare system so that people are healthier and live uh, longer and more meaningful lives. Uh, so I think people, for the most part, come into it uh, with the uh, uh, objective of working in a place where there's a compliant ethical culture. Having said that, it's it's very complicated. Healthcare is very complicated. There's lots of regulations, uh, and there's also lots of opportunity for uh, bad actors uh, to either ignore the rules uh, or to openly flout those rules for their own advantage. Uh, so how do you address that? Yeah, you have compliance policies and you have a compliance program. But unless the, the uh, workforce actually feels that compliance is a priority, uh, that uh, compliance is the responsible, responsibility of everybody, not just the compliance officer, but everyone throughout the organization, uh, unless you have that kind of culture, uh, you're going to potentially have an environment where the bad actors uh, w will feel that they've got license to do things that they shouldn't be doing. Uh, so, and the way we get at that is through actually talking to the workforce in, in a way where they feel free to, uh, to talk to us. And, and w what we have found from time to time is, for instance, Ma there's, a, there's a compliance program in place. Management may feel it's an effective compliance program. Uh, but then when you talk to staff, they may say, for instance, you know what, I don't feel comfortable calling the hotline or I don't feel comfortable coming to management with a compliance issue because I'm afraid that there will be um, potential adverse consequences uh, to me and my status at the company. Uh, or, uh, yeah, I know that there's policies in place on discipline for uh, people who violate uh, the code of ethics or our compliance policies. But, you know, my perception is that uh, those disciplinary uh, policies are enforced uh, selectively or arbitrarily. And, uh, and so uh, I don't give great credence to those policies. If, we, if you hear that from your workforce, uh, that could be a real uh, awakening for management and uh, the, the folks who are responsible for compliance. Uh, and then they can take action to change that culture uh, and to uh, kind of remediate any of these problems or gaps. Well, following up from that, can you tell us when a healthcare organization might feel uh, that a, a proactive assessment of its ethics and compliance program may be necessary or would even make sense? Yes. So first of all, I'd have to say there's probably no bad time to do a proactive assessment uh, of your uh, compliance and ethics uh, programs. 
But having said that, there are particular times that make a lot of sense. So, for instance, if there's a change in leadership in the organization, uh, the new leadership, uh, it would be a great opportunity for the new leadership uh, to, number one, get a good handle uh, for him or herself of the compliance program, uh, the culture, and how effective that program is uh, so that that leader now has uh, peace of mind, uh, that they've got a, a, a strong uh, culture of compliance within the organization. And also that leader, by engaging a third party to come and do a proactive assessment, is sending a message to the workforce. Hey, uh, compliance is one of my top priorities. Uh, another uh, good opportunity is uh, perhaps in connection with a major acquisition uh, by a healthcare organization of another organization or business units or maybe expansion uh, where uh, the organization wants to f- get a good feel of what is the the compliance program, but also the compliance culture of the uh, business unit that it's that it's acquired, or the uh, offsite facilities that may be, you know, in the, so to speak, in the hinterlands, uh, and you know, far away from the corporate offices where that uh, organization sits. Uh, that's a good opportunity to do a kind of an assessment of uh, of uh, the program. Uh, and of course, if the organization has a reason to believe that they may have an ethics or compliance problem, that's a very good time, if not a uh, you know a, uh, a necessary time, uh, to bring in uh, an independent third party to come and do an assessment of that program and that culture, uh, so that you can remediate uh, any issues that you do find, and then be prepared just in case there's a, for instance, a self-disclosure requirement that you may have to. Uh, meet or if the government starts knocking on your door. So how does an organization, its outside counsel, and an independent evaluation team work collaboratively? How do you all work together in that situation? Right. So that's a great question. And and, it, and the presumption there is that an organization may not, at first, may be somewhat reluctant to bring an independent third party to come and do an assessment when, number one, they could they feel they could do it themselves. Uh or number two, they don't need some other outside entity coming in and uh, taking the time and resources of their of their staff. Uh, so number one, I'd have to say that there's a big difference between having uh, doing something your uh, an organization doing their own in- assessment versus having an independent third party. Organizations are always there's an inherent bias uh, and somewhat inherent lack of objectivity when you do it yourself. But even if there isn't even if it's completely objective, to outside stakeholders. Uh, it could be your own board or customers or the government. There's a lot more credibility when you bring in an independent third party. Uh, so how do you work? But how, So how do you, though, make the company feel comfortable bringing an independent third party? Well, it should be a collaborative relationship. Uh, the uh, organization and the uh, and management of the organization uh, should work with the uh, third-party evaluator, the independent compliance evaluator, to identify, for instance, where are the areas that the company feels they may have uh, some uh, gaps or risks or weaknesses uh, so that the uh, assessment can focus on those gaps. Uh, They can help identify the types of people within the organization they like or they'd recommend having uh, being interviewed or being part of focus groups. Uh, and w- and then they should collaborate uh, and come to a meeting in the minds of how the information that the uh, uh, third-party independent 
monitor is uh, is how they're going to the information that monitor gets how they're going to uh, communicate that back to the organization. You know, is it going to be in a written report? Is it going to be to management? Is it going to be uh, to the board? Those are all areas where uh, management of the company and the uh, independent compliance uh, evaluator can work together together to add value to the company. So, Jesse, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time. I've been visiting with Jesse Kaplan. Jesse is the Managing Director of Operations. I think I have that right. At uh, Corporate Oversight. Corporate Oversight. Thank you. Yep. At Affiliated Monitors. And uh, we've been visiting uh, about the use of the use of the independent monitor uh, to do proactive assessments, which I think is really one of the most important things going forward. Jesse, uh, thanks so much uh, for joining me, and I uh, look forward to our next episode. Me too, Tom. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of the special five-part series on monitoring and health care. I hope you'll join us again tomorrow for another episode. This special five-part series sponsored by Affiliated Monitors is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.